Shalom, Today's daf discusses the sugya of the actual parasha society, the Megillah Soita, that's written and put in this water that we have the dirt in. Uh, how much of the psukim is actually written on this cloth? Uh, we have some Haggadah about Soita and about Avram Avinu. We discuss the paper and the ink, which the Megillah Soita is written on. And some, we'll start some of the halachas of when and how the paper should be written. We begin with the Mishnah that tells us they come to write the Megillah. The coin comes. And the question here is, from where in the Parsha of Saita does he begin writing this over? So we actually have three opinions. It's a triple way, like us in the Mishnah. And the Gemara explains each one of their shitas. Tanakama says, he writes from the Pasuk of V'im Loi Shachavish. He also writes V'eski Setisatachas Isheikh. But he doesn't write V'eshpia Koyen as to Isha, the instructions of the Koyen from the, the Torah. And then he goes back and he writes a third Pasuk of Yitana Shamo Yishchala Eila, Ala Ala Ova Lishvua, Voamayma Amaaremo Eila, Pemeecho, Litzavis Beten. But he doesn't write for Amra Isha Amen Amen. That's Tanakamashita. Rabbi Yoisi says that he writes the entire thing. He doesn't pull out any edits. Rabbi Yehuda says you don't even write that of the Tanakama. He says you write Yitin Hashem Yisra La Olav Alashvua. And you write the Pasuk of Vom, Amayrim, Ho'ela, Bemeyacha. And that's it. You just write the Olop Sukim with the curses. He doesn't write Vom, Roi, Isha, Amen, Amen. Now, what is the Machloikis? asks the Gemara. Oh, it says, wait, there's one Pasuk and they're all darshaning the Pasukim differently. The Pasuk says, Chosaves, Ho'oloiso, Ela, Hakoyin, Basefer, Machame, Amorim. So the Koyin writes this Ho'olois, the curses, Ho'ela, these. So Rameyer learns, we have two words, Ha'alais and Ha'ela. He says the word Ha'alais teaches us the actual curses. The extra hay of Ha'alais includes even the curses that are inferred from the brachas that we give the Saita. We say that if you didn't do anything wrong, then you won't explode, which is mashma, that you will if you are matame. So even those are written according to Rameyer. Then the Pasuk says... Ela, says Ha'ela. The word Ela excludes all the other curses in the Torah. It says you don't write, you know, the Techacha. And Ha'ela, the extra hey of Ela, excludes the instructions given to the Kayan and the woman. That we leave out. Okay? That's her mayor. Have you heard this says? Then, no, 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 he darshans these psukim totally as miyutim. Right? The Pasuk says you write the alas, you write the curses. Okay, so you write the curses. Ha'alas is excluding the inferred curses. Ela is excluding Mishnah Taira, the Teichacha, all, all other curses in the Taira. And Ha'ela, that hey, is excluding the instructional component, that Pasuk of the woman says a man, a man. Now, according to our mayor, 
Why does he learn one hey by Eilis to include and the hey by Eile to exclude? Rameir makes sense. He's saying everything's excluding. Why is Rameir learning the different hey's differently? Well, he says the hey regarding a, when it's in the context of inclusion by Eilis, so the hey will also include when the hey is in the context of an exclusion, then the hey will also exclude something else. Gemara asks, hang on, Rameir is saying, to darshan from the bracha is a klala. The problem is that Rameir holds that we don't say mechalalavato shimeahain. For giving a brachas, you can't learn out a klala from that. Every time Chum says, Rameir over here is not learning out from the brachas. He learns the pasuk of heinoki, that she will be clean if she didn't do an avera, to read it as Chenoki, a lesson of chenek that she's going to choke. That's a very direct command. That doesn't require a drasha. That's how Rameir learns it. Next, we have some uh, drashas. So, Magadatar, Rabbi Akiva learns when you have an Isha and an Isha, if they are Zoicha, the Shechina will be between them. They both have a, there's a, a Yud and a He in their names. But if they're not Zoicha, an Eish, the Aleph and the Shin from their names will consume them. Rava says that the woman will be consumed by the fire first because the Aleph and the Shin are conjoined right next to each other in the word Isha. But by the word Ish, there's a Yud in between. They're a little further apart. So the fire will reach the woman first. Because I'll explain that when the woman doesn't have error, she not only answers herself, but she also answers her husband. When the husband doesn't have error, that's a, a personal error. It doesn't affect the wife. So the, the, since the agreement was worse by the woman, she will be afflicted first. If you've ever been to Sheva Brachas, you've heard of Yaakiva's drasha. Rava now tells us, why does the Torah tell us to Davka bring dirt and put that in the May Saita? What does dirt have to do with the Saita? So... Rav explains there is a hidden message in here. If this woman is Zoicha, she's pure, she didn't do an Avera, then she will have children like Avraham Avinu, by whom the Pasuk says, But if she's not Zoicha, then she will be returned to the dirt. She's going to die. Rav has another drasha that when it comes to Avraham Avinu, in the Sechar that he says, he was Zoicha, that his children, the Jews, got two mitzvahs because of that. They got the ash of the paraduma and the dirt of the Mesaita. Let me try and try, to under, try figuring out why the ash came before the dirt, if the puzzle was talking about. It says dirt first and then ash. Maybe because anybody could be involved in the paraduma, but only a Saita is involved in, a, in the dirt process. We want to mention the broader one first. Ah, the Gemara says there are only two mitzvahs that we have with dirt. We have Kisoy Hadam. The Gemara says that's a Heksher mitzvah. There's no Hano. Meaning there's no Kabbalah's Schar. By the Saita, there's a Schar idea. It's creating Shalom. And clarifying that our children aren't Mamzerim. It's eradicating all the bad-mouthing that people were saying about her. Rav has another drasha, then the schar, the Avramavinu got schar, because he said, the, he said uh, by the king of Sodom, 
Seroich Na'al. I don't want to take anything from you, not a string or a shoelace. So we got two mitzvahs out of that. Pai Yisrael got the mitzvah of the string of Tcheles and the strap of Tefillin. Right? Tcheles and Tefillin. Gemara says, okay, Tefillin makes sense because the Pesach says, And the Braisa tells us from Rabbi Yisrael HaGadol that that Pesach of the nations fearing us is referring to the Tefillin Shabaroish. The tefillin in our head, the tefillin that we wear as a part of us, not just something that we stick on, famous story with the Grah. Now the Goyim were terrified of him. And he said, it's obvious because I'm wearing tefillin. They said, what about our tefillin? We're also wearing tefillin. He said, yeah, your tefillin is not Boroish, it's just al Haroish. But what's the deeper meaning of the Chut Shel Tcheles? Why was that the Schar of Moram Ravinu refused payment from Melch Sudoim? The Braises explains... That Rameir used to tell, uh, used to say, that Manishtana, which are beautiful words there on Pesach, why is Tchelis different than any other color? Well, Tchelis is comparable to the sea. It has the color of the sea. It doesn't help us so much identifying the Tchelis because the sea can be very many colors. But the sea is doimeh to the sky, the rakia, and the rakia is doimeh to the kisei ha-kavod. And one is mekayin mitzvah, it's keilu, he's mekabel p'nei shechina. How do we know this? The Pesach says, v'yares alekei Yisrael v'tachas raglu v'kamasei v'venas ha-sapir, v'ka'etzim ha-shumayim l'toyer, and the Pesach says, k'marei elven sapir demus kisei by the kisei ha-kavod. Now, back to the site that the Mishnah tells us that the parchment of the Mesoita. It cannot be, you can't write the, these parashiyos, now that we have our three machlegas of what the parashiyos are, you cannot write it on a board, you can't write it on stamped paper, you can't write it on uh, untreated animal hide, you have to write it on a Megillah, because the Pesach says, Basefer. you can't write it, what about the ink, you can't write it with sap, or kankanatum, which is some sort of a metal, and you can't write it with anything, that makes an imprint that has to be written Davka with Diyoy, with that ink. Because the Pasuk says Umocho, it has to be something which is erasable. And if you etch it in a, with steel, you solder it, that's not erasable. I guess uh, sap isn't erasable either. I don't know much about sap, maybe. Davka Diyoy. Because it's interesting. It seems like Diyoy has a special. Erasability quality. Anyway, the Gemara tells us, Rava says, the first of uh, six halachas regarding the Megillah Saita. Number one, if the Megillah Saita was written at night, it's puzzle. Why? Why, why does it have to be written by day? Because we have a Gzereshove, Torah, Torah. It says, And it says, So by the Saita, it says Torah. When it comes to uh, Panskening, a Mishpat, it says Torah. And Mishpat is only done by day. We don't have court cases at night. So, so to the Megillah Saita has to be written by day. That's what the Torah is telling us by using the same lotion of Torah by both. The second halacha is that if the Megillah Saita was written backwards, it's puzzle. Why? Because the Pesach says, because of 
each single that has to be written on the Megillah Saita the way that it's written in the Torah. In order, the third halacha is if the Megillah Saita was written before the Saita accepts and says her Shavua, the Megillah Saita is possible we'll have to write another one after she swears because the Pasuk says Vehishpia and then afterwards it says Vehkosav. We'll continue with the fourth halacha of Hilcha Saita tomorrow. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.